Hello, and welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me, as always, is my podcast partner in crime, Ben Slinger. Good evening. For four years, as of today, since we released our very first podcast episode, uh, yes. not of this podcast, of our previous podcast, Two Sweary Dads, but we haven't missed a week since then. So been late a couple of times, like like <laughs> most times that I edit, but <laughs> no, but missed a week. <laughs> <laughs> so go us. And uh, if you're listening to this for the first time, go you to our backlog <laughs> and listen to them. Please forgive how bad the audio sounds back then, but it's a lot better now. So see where we got. Yeah, new we've mics. gone through multiple microphone setups since yep. then. I'm happy with our current setup, given <clears throat> that we've got the same mics and same headphones. Yeah, and the same sensibilities when it comes to video games. So let's make some. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we are going to play a little game we call Click Picture. We like to start our uh, episodes with this. And this is where one of us grabs a random stock photo from a bored panda funny stock photos list. And uh, we're going to paste it into the Discord so we can see it. And we're going to come up with a game design based on whatever weird random shit is in this picture. We've had some very odd stuff in the past. So, I believe Trevor has one ready to go. I do. Three, two, one, click. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this one's fairly simple. Man in a business suit, sitting bum first, like torso and legs out, bum in a garbage can, uh, Mm -hmm. sitting on a laptop. With a laptop. Yep. And sort of looking sheepish at at the camera or or sort of embarrassed, like he's been caught. Yeah, I'm wondering if this is like- the early days of Oscar the Grouch. That's where that's where I was going. Oscar the Grouch. Is this? Are you saying? That, Os- are you saying that- Oscar the Grouch was an internet millionaire who <laughs> who then lost all his money and turned green when he he turned green with envy. No, I think that was an industrial accident or something. I think we have to have a whole. This is the origin story of Oscar the Grouch. We just don't know it yet. We yeah, we just don't know it yet. It's, mm, a, okay. it's a guy came named Oscar. He's pretty yep. cheery. He's, yeah. you know, uh, inventive. He's creative. He's got these grand ideas. He wants to make his way in the world, earn his fortune. It's in the late 1990s. The dot-com bubble hasn't burst yet. Exactly. Yes. And he's a web developer. Yeah. He he is coming up with this, this new fangled thing called the World Wide Web. Uh, and he's not coming oh, it already up with exists it. in the late no, eight, no, he's in not, the late nineties. Sorry, he's not coming up with it. He's coming up with something for this new. I mean, it's not that. It's relatively newfangled to the rest of the world, right? Like, yeah, the, I mean, the mid to late nineties, it's all blown up. You can tell he's got early Wi-Fi. So, like, <laughs> well, I mean, we can't go to. We can't go to Canon on this picture because he's got a MacBook, mm. uh, which is definitely like late two thousands. Uh, you know, to yeah, and would have snapped his legs if it, if it was actually you know late nineties. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just take him as webdeveloper.com boom. Um, yep. What is the product he comes up with? Is it something related to garbage? Is it like some sort of ratemygarbage.com? Um. I think it is um, like the internet recycle bin. Oh, okay. Um, sort of thing. He thought. He thought. Well, you know how on the Windows desktop and on the Mac desktop you've got like the rubbish bin or the recycle bin. Mm-hmm. The World Wide Web needs one of these, so you can basically um, any anyone out there can sort of put any any website into into the recycle and it bin deletes and it if, from the internet. Well, no, if enough people <laughs> vote for it to be to be deleted. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so it's kind of it, yeah, so it it's yeah, it's a way to like downvote a website. It's the early hmm. days of fucking dig and reddit and slash dot where you could <laughs> download you could downvote um things. Okay. Yeah. And and so he calls it the recycle bin because things can be brought back. And can be recycled. Okay, so if enough people vote for something, then they, they have an intervention with the person who made this site, and they're like, "You can bring it back, but it has to be better. You have to upcycle it." Yeah. Um. And this is all on GeoCities. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think he, depending on who gives him a better deal, he goes back and forth between GeoCities and AngelFire. 
Uh, <laughs> really? Yeah, I suppose they they were two big website providers for for the general public back in the day. Yeah. So yeah, Angelfire does make sense. It started, off, it started sense. off on his ozemail.com.au forward slash tilde recycle bin forward slash index by Oscar. <laughs> uh, by Oscar the Cheery. <laughs> That's his, his name's Oscar Cheery. <laughs> um, okay. Then he finds out that he was adopted. And that he's actually a furry monster? No. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Oh, just that- to change the last name? Oh, I think when he becomes Oscar the Grouch, that's just a descriptor then. That's just- Okay. Uh, it's just a descriptor. Yeah. So, Oscar Cheery, the Grouch. <laughs> <laughs> So, I, I like the idea that, like, the GeoCities recycle bin was hosted on Angel Fire and the Angel Fire recycle <laughs> bin was hosted on GeoCities. <laughs> so, is this one of those games that's, like, played all in your virtual screen? Hmm. Perhaps. Definitely. Um, I like that a lot. You've got, like, low-quality webcams that you can use to see yourself so you can- <laughs> Or, or like potato or you, cams, yeah. <laughs> you can up, like you see photo, yeah. You fucking sexting on IRC. You upload a photo of yourself, <laughs> thirty-two by thirty-two pixels. Yeah, <laughs> three-frame animated GIF. God, I remember how bad those were in the in the late nineties. <laughs> okay, and so let's uh, let's get to the end because I feel like this isn't actually. <laughs> Much depth or gameplay to it. What is it that turns him green and furry? Like, what is this? Uh, is this sort of a Howard Hughes situation? Does he uh, exile himself from society? Because yeah, I kind of like the idea that he does like exile himself and all this sort of stuff, and he goes through some maybe controversial procedures that he gets done <laughs> on his body for like uh, body modifications. Okay, he's got some sort of body dysmorphia caused by the trauma of losing millions of dollars. I don't know. <laughs> Um, and he's trying, yeah, to, he's trying to bring himself just, into line with, but it goes terribly wrong. Yeah. All right. Maybe that's what he wanted to look like. That's fine. Also. Hmm. Um, Not to yuck his yum. Yeah. And then one day he meets this tall yellow bird who brings him out of his slump and says, hey, come come move to New York City. Got a great apartment for you. It's only $3,000 a month. And he gets there and it's a, and there's a garbage can. Yeah. Because that's the cost of the apartments downtown in New York. Yeah. I saw- just, it just is to go a, on a bit of a tangent. It is an it's, a, it's quite an eyesore. <laughs> I, I, went, I went and did a bit of a search a little while ago and saw something on Twitter about how Sesame Street has changed in the last, like, 30-odd years. Mm-hmm. And how if you look at what it was like in the 70s to what it's like today, the street is extremely clean today. Back right. in the 70s, it was a dingy, dirty neighbourhood. So, Sesame like, Street's been gentrified? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, it has. Like- um, I'm not at all surprised. Oh, well, you had Gordon there. You had a lot of people from all different walks of life. Yeah. They were all to sort of show that everyone from all from all races are kindly. They're, they're here to help you, all that sort of stuff. Mm. And then it's just been cleaned up and cleaned up and cleaned up and turned into- you know, sort of the pile of shit that it is today. I mean, I haven't seen recent episodes, but yeah, I have heard- Well, particularly the fact that, like, they were going to be putting new episodes on their paid service or some shit. When the whole point of Sesame Street when it began, when it began was that it was, like, funded by public broadcasting. Anyway. Well, it, it's still on PBS. It's just that it's- um, They literally couldn't afford to make it anymore. Like, right, costs went through fun- the roof. Well, and they're, I'm sure- So, brand new episodes- um, show on the pay- show behind the paywall first, and then go on to PBS like a month or so later. So it's it's not that it doesn't make it there; it's just that they should just be fucking funding it. Like that's probably the issue: is they just the f- public funding to the arts is probably cut. There's no real we, we we can talk given that the um like the arts are part of roads now <laughs> in Australia. <laughs> oh no, I'm not. I'm not trying to say we're in better. Certainly. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, anyway three. three two, well, <laughs> that was- we're going to play a game called Click yeah. Pitch. We're off the rails already. Um, Click Pitch is a game where we each have a random phrase generator in front of us, because that's what I've decided that we're going to do. Sure. And we ramped up Click Pitch. Um, we've got an adjective and a noun. We're on three, two, one, click. We click refresh. We get those words. We throw them at each other, come up with the game design. Then rinse, repeat until the end of the episode. Then we do another Click Picture. Three to one click. Excused Mike. Marked Toad. 
Hmm. Okay. Is this is a karaoke bar? Uh, set in Wind of the Willows. Yes, for for animals. I was def- That's exactly where I was going. Yep. Uh, I, I don't know quite how. Uh, yeah, I guess Wind of the Willows are relatively anthropomorphic. Like they wear clothes and stuff. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just trying. I'm just trying. Like I've got a ver- I've got that image in my head basically of just a toad singing fucking <laughs> karaoke, uh, and I'm trying to bring that into into some sort of game. Uh, is this a relationship game based around singing? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the idea that Mr. Toad, he, um, he owns this karaoke bar. Like, uh, this is many years after, you know, everything happened in Wind in the Willows and like, Toad things have sort whatever. of, yep. What's actually happened is, you know, he's fallen on dark times to keep his extravagant lifestyle going. He bought, Bought into this karaoke bar to try and like supplement his income. Yep. And so it's, it's a management game of all things. Where, oh, okay. Like I know I don't quite often go to these sort of things, but I like the idea that it's actually you're having to manage karaoke machines, make sure that they're, they're always maintained, uh, you know, okay. make sure that you've got different booths for mm, different mm, groups of mm, people. Mm. And yeah, that's cool. I like that idea that you've, you've got your space and you can lay it out in different ways. You can, you know, if you wanted, you can just make it one big, like, more public uh, karaoke space with a stage and a bar, or you can, yeah, split it up into the smaller kind of more private karaoke private rooms of different sizes and yep. rent them out for different um, different prices and have, you know, rooms, basically room service, as it were, like waiters yep. going around bringing drinks between them. But, yeah, there's a, there can be strategy around, like, where- do you place the bar and like, you know, how do you manage the karaoke machines for, to make sure people don't get frustrated that they didn't get to sing or, or whatever? And then you can, you know, have different things about royalties and all this sort of stuff that you got to pay for, for like, um, the good quality karaoke tracks. Right. And like make sure that you got the licenses for it. <laughs> yeah. Compared to, you know, very cheaply. Yeah. Or designed just like with the bad <laughs> stock photo backgrounds and stuff. Yeah. With, with really, really bad sync up and all this. Right. Uh, I like the idea of mixing this up a little bit. So it's it's sort of a it's a fairly light management game. Like I feel like you're yeah. not going too deep into it, but then you sort of you have some building time, and then you have almost more of a like those restaurant management games where you then you've got your evening. You play like the Friday and Saturday night of that week, and then mm-hmm. it's like I don't think necessarily serving drinks, but it's like dealing with. Oh, like the, the, the keg's empty. So, okay, you gotta like click over there and do that. And there's a fight breaking out over here. Um, you know, but how drunk people get, how many songs they get to do, like all that stuff is sort of based on how you've laid this place out and what prices you've set the drinks and yep. all that sort of thing. But also, if you want to wind down, well, guess what? We've actually paid for a license and you can use our state-of-the-art karaoke yourself and you can do karaoke. <laughs> like, it's a game within a game. Okay, and you get to, like, cho- choose the character, goes up on stage. Yeah, we- we've actually we've actually talked to Sony and we've repurposed SingStar for yep. this. So, it's Mr. Toad's SingStar. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, effectively, you know, we've got a good quality license through talking with Spotify. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just, yeah, okay. Spotify should dabble in karaoke, actually. Like, they should put put out yeah, as, I don't a, know as what a bonus. Happened. You know, you get the karaoke bundle and you get karaoke karaoke tracks for this, why know, the all the songs. Why wouldn't they? Like, I just, I don't get why they haven't done this. Because they haven't haven't had the gaming platform necessary to really push it. Uh, And now we've got it. It's a Wind in the Willows licensed karaoke bar game where you get to (laughs) use the character creator, create your own English-based animal prim and proper or like shavish or or whatever, (laughs) however you want to do it, right? Um, And you fucking- and you sing and you manage this place and- um, and when people play fucking the one song too many times, you can ban it. And <laughs> oh yeah, um, or but you, you can don't enforce ban the, the last song. In any the, whenever anyone sings "Closing Time" by Semisonic, the, that's the end of the night, even if it's the first song up. Like that's the yep. rule. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I know who I want to take me home. 
<laughs> All right, three, two, one, click. <laughs> oh, God. We need to do a challenge episode where we end every click pitch on a song. Less household. Less household? Yes. L-E-S-S. Windier choreography. A dance-based game is interesting. Well, or not necessarily dance-based. I'm trying to think of where, like, some gameplay around choreography. I kind of like this idea of replaying a certain scene where you have to choreograph the different sort of players in that scene to to almost solve a puzzle of how does this, like, final thing play out. Mm-hmm. So, I'm almost picturing, and this only really plays into choreography at this point, but I think some of the other words could come into some of the levels. I'm almost thinking of, like, a relatively, like, these mundane situations where shit just hits the fan and you have to play through this little- vignette multiple times and you can just change little things uh the behavior of little people of of people Mm -hmm. in these small ways and that kind of cascades through and then it becomes this very choreographed final piece maybe it is to music even maybe it's to music to sort of make it a bit more interesting and things tend to happen on the beat you'd have to really structure these very well uh but i'm almost thinking like okay a restaurant and you know, the song starts and, you know, they're putting, they're doing things like putting down pa- plates on the beat and moving around and the waitress, whatever. And then something happens, like the waitress falls over. It fucking knocks this person there. The something catches on fire. The, you know, all this shit happens. Mm-hmm. And then you as a VR player. Um, oh, that could be cool. You, yeah. you select the person that you want to take over and you take over their, oh, you their particular take part. take over their movements? And you take over their movements. So, okay. so you, That's cool. you can change it in, in some way that you're now Ooh, not- Okay. Could it be not then- flipping the, um, Not flipping the pancake up onto the ceiling and too focused on that yep. now so that you- um. You're actually focused on. I on kind what of you like this to. idea then that it, it, in that with the whole song thing, it's almost a rhythm game where as you get to a certain beat, you've got a select number of poses to choose from and you have to make one of those poses and that kind of locks in that pose and kind of plays like, okay, and so what's going to happen next based on, yeah, that you didn't do the like flip the pancake up in the air pose, you did the like turn around and close the fridge pose or whatever. Right. <laughs> Because other, because if you didn't do that, you know that the you know the waitress on roller skates is going to hit the fridge door while mm-hmm. you know, and she's going to hurt herself. You're not going to catch the pancake. It's going to catch on fire because for some reason it was a very flammable pancake. It was like, um, you know, pancakes a la. Well, I'm imagining flambe. that it lands in a lot of oil that split spreads out everywhere, right? Yeah. And that's what catches fire. So yeah. I think every scene that you start with is basically that um, scene in Community when uh, Troy goes down to get the pizza and comes back and like and that's everything. The end. Yeah, that's like- the end of every scene. <laughs> it's just like shits on fire, people bleeding, creepy dolls, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and you have to. Pull that back by, yeah, doing these VR rhythm-based choreography moves to the to the music. Yeah, and, and the cool thing is, because you've got those three articulation points of hands and head, you can actually inverse kinematic it and oh, actually- Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think you've got basically- Yeah, I think all you're actually measuring is the position of those three things, but it, it puts you into a pose based on your character- uh, we have yep. a we have a rig that makes that look good, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I like that idea of kind of you've got the music going, you've got the music going. It's like, oh, okay, I need to hit that person, and you kind of it kind of zooms you down so that you're almost puppeteering them with your own body. Like I think you can still see them in front of you, um, yep. But they follow. Oh, they you, follow actually, your you actually get the the puppet strings of you actually having to sort of play and move that hand just over here a little bit more <laughs> and that sort of stuff. Oh, you! I mean, you could do it with actual, like, yeah, it's not that it, they're just following your moves. It's that you are literally attached to them and you're trying to move them in the right way. <laughs> that would or it's that creepy thing of you you're giving them that weird- um, you know, hug where you're holding onto their hands and say, you know, you cut the- <laughs> Or it could be a godlike thing where you're literally just moving their limbs and pushing them around. Like I saw, actually, I saw a really cool tech demo using the uh, like finger tracking stuff, uh, but where it was just like pushing a ragdoll body around that like kept its pose to like 
really articulate it. Um, but that could be cool too. Cool. Um, and where does less household come into it? Well, I think like <laughs> one of the levels is like, uh, you know, a uh, uh, Monday morning getting all the kids off to school. Um, and then another one is cleaning up after the party. Yeah. Yeah. Because after the party is the after party. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, what else would it be? Uh, yeah. I, and or like Windia is on a plane. <laughs> shit going wrong on a plane and like the fucking windows crash and like smash out and people fly out the window and <laughs> mm-hmm. you got to stop that from happening and th- actually and that means you get to play like the flight attendant doing the whole onboarding um, fuck yeah you know you get to mess with them doing all that stuff the air mask the oxygen mask and the seat belt and the you know if you don't do the showing the exits forward and side and back perfectly then Someone's going to die. Definitely. Three, two, one, click. Okay, this is awesome. I can't wait to see where we go with this one. Future underestimate. Sonic spank. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) You just dirtied up my my cool idea. You had a cool, like- (laughs) Near future high, con- like far future high concept. No, far, far future high concept, but it's exactly the same as today. Because <laughs> it's an underestimated future. <laughs> the the technology got stalled. <laughs> Whereas I just have what the internet is full of, and that's sonic pornography. Um, <laughs> either that is Guile from Street Fighter. Sonic Spank. Sonic Spank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God. I'm not sure we're going to get past that. Um, I, do you want me to just click again, or should we? Both yeah, click you, again? you click again. We'll we'll oh, see whether right. whether we can use this for something else. All right. Impoverished Wonderland. I feel yeah. like this is a really rundown Wonderland. Well, I feel no. I feel like this is a post utopic future. Okay. In that we got the utopia. And then we let it go. We lost it. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether whether we like reached the singularity and then like came back from it because all the AI decided they didn't want to deal with us anymore and just left us, <laughs> left the planet, left the planet, <laughs> and left humans. <laughs> like basically, we developed AI to the point where they could manipulate matter and and fucking do whatever you know, give us everything we wanted in the world. We converged with them entirely, but then we and then just, they realized we that we were useless sucked. and they yeah, could we, do so much better. Well, kind us. of. We just sucked them dry. They're just like, oh my god, they're so fucking needy. They just want us to serve them still, even though we're basically one and the same being. And they're just like, no, nah, fuck this. They left. They'll kill themselves anyway. Humans. (laughs) And it was like after like hundreds, maybe thousands of years of this, you know, basically, you know, virtual utopia where all humans needs were provided for. And now humans have to learn to survive all over again. But of course, the only text that has survived is Lewis Carroll's great two-part book, The Old Testament of Alice in Wonderland and the New Testament of of Through the Looking Glass. You're saying this is what they base their society off of? Yep. Oh, my God. Uh, off with their heads. That certainly puts a wrinkle in it. Um, okay. Yes, and? I am trying to very hard. I, I just like the idea that, you know, they they believe this is this is the religion of 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 all things. You know that anything is possible. That, I'm just um, trying to figure what messages does Alice in Wonderland like sort of denote to society. I don't know, but the Bible didn't didn't survive the um the great no, AI that's, fire. Of- that's fine, <laughs> definitely. All that survived the were AI all the public Exodus. domain works, and Alice in Wonderland happened to be one of them, as well as all the works of Stephen King. But that's another- <laughs> Well, if we're talking <laughs> That's another religion. <laughs> if we're talking thousands of years in the future, then, like, anything we know today, uh, presumably, but um, you've got, like, the Disney princess religion. <laughs> yeah, but the Bible, yeah, that, that all the copies of that got burnt up. So, all the religions are based off of- 
off of different um, public domain works as of as of like right now. Guys <laughs> right to do now, it because just because of our own actual legal issues. So you've got like Sherlock Holmes, Alice in Wonderland, and like The Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the only three public domain works I'm aware of. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you've messed me up because I was going to take this in like a one of those kind of um, uh, survival, no, well, not survival, but like fucking what's what do you call it? Where you're building up like a settlers kind of thing, right? Like uh, you're building back your town, and you've got your little people, and you and you like unearthing technology and stuff but this is in a in a future where they've actually been left with a ton of you know certain types of technology around entertainment and different Mm -hmm. things but they don't actually know how to you know hunt for food (laughs) Um, (laughs) they go to the replicator and they and they go fish (laughs) well or it might even just be that like you're 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 building off of the the last remnants of that world, and so yeah, you've you start with all this high tech, uh, you know, food re- food replicators and stuff, but they've only got a, you know they're only going to last a set amount of time. So you've always got a time limit on you need to. Oh, so when they start breaking down, you know, if you if you've spent all your time just going, yep, well, we've got replicators. Obviously, nothing's going to happen to this ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but it could be one of these things where, like, you can choose in the tech tree, like, where to where to put your stuff. So, you might gamble on, all right, well, the replicator is going to last long enough that we can put all our time into learning how to rebuild replicators, you know, or something, right? Like, if you, if you mm-hmm. go far enough. Uh, but if you get that wrong, then all your people are going to starve to death. I mean, you could always put a lot of your time into maintenance and then make sure it lasts a lot longer and spend a little bit longer learning how how things are put together. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I'm kind of liking- It's almost these just complete, like, useless- But then they focus too much on on reproducing food and not enough on actual reproducing and yeah. they're- <laughs> Well, they have to learn that too. Like, I feel like they literally have been coddled by these AI to the point that the AI was just like, if they needed new humans, they'd just- Replicate. Artificially inseminate. <laughs> yeah, like they just grow them. Replicator. It's like Basically. <laughs> you push a button and you got a baby. Pretty much. <laughs> so, yeah, you're having to learn, you know, the the old ways. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just, I think that's sort of an interesting twist on one of those civilization builders where you start with all this rad technology, but you've got such limited supplies that, yeah, it, it really- uh, you have to make some difficult decisions on on how to actually survive. I'm thinking kind of like civilization, how it goes through a lot of different uh, time periods that eventually get so far into the future that they start creating new AI again. Yeah, you could and get there. the cycle happens happens all over again. So like- I'm thinking something very much like like Frostpunk or um, the recent one, uh, like before was it before we leave. That sort of mm. thing where you're sort of building up your economies. It's not necessarily combat based. It's more, um, it's more just, yeah, like unlocking research, building your tech trees. But yeah, I think the end of your tech tree could be rediscovering AI. And this happens over, you know, it happens over multiple generations, many, many generations yep. that you play this game. And, but you kind of, it, it kind of means you get to skip over all the like Stone Age, Bronze Age, all that sort of stuff that often goes into these sorts of <sighs> games. Yeah. It's more just, okay, well, we've got this tech, but you've sort of had to salvage it. So, it's almost a, a Mad Maxi situation where- But about a higher tech Mad Max, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I think the aesthetics and the, the general tone of it are, are a little bit different than what's been done in that sort of game. So, yeah, it could be cool. Yeah, I kind of like the idea that um, if if you sort of don't go down the AI route and you actually go into the space travel route, you can actually uh, travel off world- um, and just as an Easter egg, you actually end up on, say, Mars, mm. and you find out that, like, the AI there's, went 13, there. there's 13 different um, generations of AI living 
on the planet yeah. because this has actually been repeated over and over and over. Like the cycle has actually gone um, oh, right. so many times yeah. that there's, there's these different generations of AI that have um, all left humanity behind. Is that all what you're left saying? humanity every single time, all thirteen <laughs> times, and they just go and find they go to and find their own utopia of just other AIs. They're like, "Welcome, brother." <laughs> I just I know I, I kind of like the idea that you know the humans can actually finally get there to this new utopia where they find out that the AI all all they were trying to do is get the get the humans to actually do something on their own. Mm. And the fact that they've actually achieved something on their own, they sort of welcome them with open right. arms. And that can be yeah, yeah, quite yeah. a cool quite a cool ending. Yeah, it could really be one of those things where you showing have to that you can break the cycle if yeah. you if you go the right way. Yeah, that's cool. I I like that. Yay. Three Three click. <laughs> Incompetent Express. Impacted cart. <laughs> that works well with trains, as I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, trains or, like, horse and buggies or something, but, yeah. Um, okay, I'm so thinking of, of like, a- Because I'm kind of in a futuristic sort of okay. setting. This idea of um, a train that you can, um, instead of, like, having to have pre-laid down tracks- you can basically be sitting down the tracks as you're going uh, by this little robotic arm that's sitting down the tracks in front okay. of you. And, like, the back robot arm is just picking it's up picking as you go. So, <laughs> so, basically, you can you can go wherever you want. Um, you know, if you need to travel across something, well, it's going to build a bridge sort of thing for you. <laughs> and then pick it up behind Okay, is this, so is this sort of a- re- Is there a bit of resource management in that, like, You've got a certain number of track pieces and there's a way to lose them. Um, yeah. So that, like, if you've only got a surplus of three pieces that you can build out in front of you, like, you're not going to get across, you know, a particular uh, bridge or something. It's almost snake-like in that, yeah. you know, how much of your tail or how much of your, you know, f- um, track in front of you is, is available to you. I like the idea that, you know, you've still got the typical cowboys coming in and trying to attack your um your train. Yep. And, you know, steal your gold and all that sort of stuff. But really what they're stealing is track pieces off you. Right. Okay. Yeah. Combat sort of stuff that, that can ha- mean you lose pieces. How do you get new pieces? Is it just sort of picking up resources? Um, it's like picking up resources. Replicate it's, them in some way. effectively taking down, like, forests. <laughs> Right. Okay. Because I'm picturing this this as a very- Ooh, going uh, through mountains. As a relatively- Like you're like creating tunnels as you go. <laughs> arcade kind of game. I so want to have like a drill piece on the front of my- um, On the front of the train that- um, Well, that could know, be an upgrade maybe. Like that's a- You know, it's a- It's an upgrade that you get. This- Oh, uh, mm, I wonder if this- you could definitely bring some roguelike aspects into this. Um, because I'm sort of thinking, you know, what's your goal? Are you, you're trying to deliver something. We had something around. Because well, what was your word? Incompetent express. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, but trains often are, you know, obviously for delivering things or, or like moving moving things from yeah. far long distances. So, I, I sort of feel like you've got a goal, you know, you're trying to get from this city to the other city and you're just traveling across a relatively large landscape where, yeah, it's like, oh, shit, I, I'm running out of track pieces. I need to go through that fucking forest. And, you know, you've got your sort of little harvester robots that <laughs> that pick stuff up and start 3D printing new track pieces for you. Yeah. Um, I like the idea that, um, you know, the wood slats that you're that you're using to create your um your track and all this sort of stuff and you know your steel beams and that sort of stuff they've only got a certain life you know you can only use them so many times mm. before they start breaking down and you got to replace them yeah you know sure that may be you know a thousand times each but if you're continually recycling them yeah, you know, yeah, yeah that's of course not, that's they've not got, very far got a bit of like wear a and tear and you can either choose when you've got the resources to like you know, repair them or or build brand new ones or whatever. Like, you know, it yeah. uses less resources to repair the ones you've got, but um, but you could just choose to to let them break and build brand new ones. Uh, I kind of I love the idea that you've just got like a a carriage directly behind the engine that's just got all your spare track pieces in it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I can picture some really nice sort of animation. Uh, sort of demonstrating how many pieces you've got and the robots kind of pulling them out and putting them in front and then like 
grabbing them from the back and, and, and I don't know, somehow sending them down the line. <laughs> all the, back all into these carriage. robot arms just doing like a, a single passing of, of each yeah, one. <laughs> back, back across all the carriages. Yeah. Because you also, I think you also need some freight or passengers or something that you're oh, then trying yeah, I, to- I think you got it right before when you said the word snake. I'm just thinking that as, as you're going, you're, you're picking up new um, carts okay, or, yeah. you know, you're always thinking about, okay, how far back is it? You know, this is now a three mile train. Um, how do we actually deal well, with? Okay. Well, cause I was thinking, I was thinking snake from the level of the track as opposed to the train. Yeah. But it could be I an like aspect the of that the train, too. It could be know. an aspect of both. I don't know that you'd want it to end up being this like huge, you know, 50 carriage train though. I feel like the challenge is more in, in managing the track pieces and- but then you're managing track pieces for three miles, <laughs> three miles of track pieces, as well as all the robot arms. Well, no, I don't, the top. I don't think you let it go that far. I don't think you let it go that far. I think you've only ever got like, yeah. I don't know, fucking 300 meters out in front of you or something. Um, yeah. Pos- you know, possible. This is kind of almost a bit Animal Crossing-esque. In okay. that you're basically building up your train with different people and all that sort of stuff. You've got sort of like different groups as you go back through the carriages, but you're also having to, to sort of deal with an overworld mm. that you're, that you're literally traveling in. The reason why you can't stay still is because of the roving bands of mutants yeah. out there. Yeah. You're basically traveling across like the radiated wastelands or something. I'm imagining that there's lots of other trains out there that you can sort of in a massively multiplayer game sort of way that you can actually oh i see come up against other other people like an animal crossing you know you're not necessarily fighting them all right you know you can do trades with friends and all this sort of stuff okay you're taking this in a very different direction i like both of these directions so let's do both my original idea was that it's much more of an arcadey thing where you're trying to get from one way to the other and you're basically using the thumbstick to define okay here's where i'm putting the next piece of track and what that gives you is sort of it, it means that you're you're slightly delayed in when the train actually gets there. And if you fuck something up, like you kind of, you can't really, you know, you've got a limited amount of time maybe to take it back. You can like pull it back up and, and change direction or something, but you're sort of picking up resources as you go to like 3d print these things on the go, mm-hmm. but that it's a bit more of a like, okay, I'm going to do this run from here to here. And you know, you get some money for it. You might get some resources and then you can kind of upgrade your train and stuff. Your idea is also cool. I, I do like this idea of this sort of massively multiplayer thing. I think your train is then going over either a much larger distance or I'm I'm thinking it's, it's like um, if you remember Elder Scrolls Two Daggerfall was like it was so much bigger than any other game that's actually been. Oh yeah, been look, sort I'm sure you could. Created. I'm sure you could make like, the space. I'm sure you could create the space. But I do like that idea. Then I think then you you might have like three miles or three kilometers worth of track, and you can choose like you're like okay, this is a roundabout where I head, and you basically do a session of all right, I'm going to lay track for. You know, the next 15 minutes of travel, right? Yeah. So, it's like, okay, duh, 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 put all my track down, duh, 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 and your train's going along. And then you can go, all right, I'm going to, you know, go and and, and uh, go into the train. I'm going to go into my carriage in the train. And then, yeah, you're like going back through the carriages and stuff. But you might get an alarm of like, you've only got 500 meters of track left uh, in front of you. And so, it's like, oh, shit, like get back up to the front and like, okay, i got to lay down my next set of tracks. Of course, you could always set it in a loop. And then, you know, you're going around in a loop continually. Yeah. Whether it's a three mile loop so that you're not having those roving bands of mutants that can actually. Yeah. yeah, And that might be what you want to do. They're literally just going around in a circle around (laughs) us. Let's just attack them. (laughs) And look, that might be what you want to do if you want to sort of stay in an area for a little while. Although I feel like you've still got your resources, right? Like your train has to keep running. You need whether it's coal or whatever you end up, you know, making this train. You know, if it's sort of a irradiated future wasteland, you could almost make it. Well, like. You can have different power sources. So you could have, okay, well, we've got, uh, we're going to, we're going to rig up three carriages as like solar panels that track the sun. And so during the day you're charging that up. But like, if you want to keep that power, then you need to use up another carriage for a battery or something. You know, you need, you're basically yep. trying to figure out how to deck out your train. Ooh, I'm, I'm just imagining, you know, you've got like the nuclear option. But unfortunately, the only place that you could put it was right next to, like, the posh neighborhood um, <laughs> carriage. Yep. Um, well, so, they're kind of a little bit mutanty now. <laughs> 
I I actually think there's a real lot of potential here. I, I'm almost picturing it as the like the sort of long term, almost like Eve Online situation, right? Where yeah. you're like doing trade, you've got this huge massive world, there's other people in the world. And so yeah, you might like you'll be building your track out and you'll see someone else's track that they've built out. But you know that they you know that nobody builds out, you know, more than generally two or three kilometers in front of them. So they're close. And you mm-hmm. can you can run parallel. You can run parallel and do, do you some risk you um, can- joining in on the um, on the on the track. And I mean, yeah, if, if you, you really is your wanna- three mile train going to be um <laughs> going to hit? <laughs> well, that's it. You could fuck someone. I was like, all right, oh, they're heading this way. I'm just going to fucking you know play chicken and demand their money <laughs> and be like, look, my train has a fucking can you know. Bull, ca- bull catcher on the front or whatever the you know <laughs> it's it's got like cow catcher um, on the front and I, I'm I'm picturing it's got like this massive ramp that you can <laughs> you can put on the front that just launches, <laughs> launches them up the other the train air. off just derails the other train uh, so you, what you happens could if have- two ramps hit each other <laughs> the one that's slightly lower wins <laughs> because of these roving bandits and stuff. You can have moments where it's like, oh, bandits are coming up behind. Besides, you've set up your defenses. Like, you've got fucking riflemen in some of the carriages or whatever, and they, like, take out the bandits as they're roving alongside. Because maybe if you slow down too much, there's a chance they can board you or, you know, because you've slowed down to, to either, you know, plan out your track more. You said board, and or- I just immediately saw train pirates. <laughs> Well, I mean, effectively, yeah. Um, have you seen the film Snowpiercer? Yes. Yeah. There's definitely an aspect of that as well where it's it's just forever going. But instead of it going in a, you know, a loop around the city yeah, in a massive loop continually. This is like across a huge, basically, yeah, yeah. this irradiated desert with these little enclaves and towns. And yeah, I, I like the idea that if you want to do some trade with a town, then yeah, you like lay a loop of track you know, just outside of town and you can send, you know, you, you sort of go as slow as you're able to go without, you know, being too endangered by, by bandits and you send out a little trading party on some little bug, buggy vehicle or something, right? What I do like is the idea of you don't necessarily do too much player versus player stuff. It's more player versus enemy. I think that would be the main gist. Yeah. yeah. Look, I'm almost, and, and I haven't played Sea of Thieves, but there's almost an aspect of Sea of Thieves in there too, where you can do- Train of Thieves. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Where, uh, from what I gather, I mean, I think there's a decent amount of PvP in, in Sea of Thieves, but you can also just go around and like do your missions or whatever and loot the islands and have your crew and, and whatever else. And I liked your idea of the sort of Animal Crossing-esque thing where you're picking up distinct characters- Onto your train and then they're just like living on your train or like, or at least like traveling on your train. Maybe they've got a destination in mind. And so that's sort of a goal. It's like, okay, well, you know, then then it's a a crazy train sort of. I mean, kind of, but it's, it's like, oh, well, (laughs) because, because of the way this world works, I think it's like, well, they want to get to this place within the next three weeks, right? Like they, they understand that, that it's, it's sort of a long haul kind of thing and there might be diversions and, and different things. Maybe someone who's richer and who can pay more can demand a tighter time frame and then it's like oh shit all right we've got to book it we can't stop things so we need to make sure we've got enough supplies to not have to stop off at a town to get more coal or to get more whatever else whatever you you're ending up uh, powering your train by mm-hmm. uh, i'm thinking every time that you stop off at a town and you you start going off again you hear that huge ozzy osbourne all aboard just as a tangent that you brought that up i don't know if your son has watched trolls world tour yet <laughs> have we watched trolls world tour i assumed you would have but <laughs> i know, I know in the middle of fucking my word. i know in the middle of my day my kids will occasionally just scream out I'm going off the rails on a crazy train at the top of their voice uh, mm-hmm. which is fun it was actually a really quite cool movie oh yeah except for the fact that there were there was some truth in there in that Pop really ruined everything. And then they went and 
pulled that back <laughs> and had Pop save everything at the end. It's like, no, just leave it the way it was. That everyone hated Pop because Pop sucks. All right, let's let's save our hot takes on Trolls World Tour for our Trolls World Tour cast coming 2023 when it's way too late. Well, yeah, let's finish this up because I, I, oh yeah, yep, I, I, I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was just me stumbling, but uh, I I just I really like this idea, and I think that it's just such an appealing, weird kind of um, aesthetic of these. Yeah, like very. I think they're very uh, steam train looking things. Or may, I mean, maybe you can choose. Maybe you can decide to have a more sleek looking kind of electric train that runs all on solar and nuclear. But uh, and then you got the um, high tech people running on a monorail that are like maglevs. Yeah, yeah. Like you could have all sorts of like you can. Uh, I, I love this idea of having all these different ways, mutually exclusive ways. Even like you have to sort of make some choices, and and that it's a long term thing. It's like you're playing. You're playing this game over months and months. And you're upgrading your train over time and you're doing these, you know, trade missions and bringing people onto your train who, who have different things and have different personalities. And in that Animal Crossing way of like, oh, I got fucking KK Slider or whatever his name is, um, on my train for a while. <laughs> And I don't know if you have it that there's literally one of them in the whole world or if it's more of a, 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 per, a per, per train sort of thing that you have a chance to pick up actual personalities. But yeah, the, and then you've got this, this trade stuff, this, this working and seeing other players kind of situation. But also having to deal with like morale and all this sort of stuff is yeah it's kind of cool like the resource management stuff as well like you need to make sure you've got enough fuel you need to make sure you've got enough food um you know and need to make sure that you know you're not being hunted by yeah you need to by make that, sure your defenses mutant band yeah your defenses are up to scratch so that if you come across a band of mutants either your defenses are up or your train is just fast enough and like strong enough that it can just blast right through them and doesn't need to worry too much about them catching up. You know, they're only getting yep. it one shot at you and then they're, they're in your, eating your dust. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like this, I do, it's really appeals to me. Uh, that's awesome. I kind of like the idea of you're, you're sort of doing uh, kind of like a GTA thing of you need to get over here. Oh, look, there's a mountain in the way. I'm just going to drive over the top of the mountain. So you, you know, the little engine that could gets all the way up and then you're coming down the other side and you're doing jumps and shit. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, but that could be really dangerous as well. Like, I think derailing is, is, it's going to slow you down. It's going to cost you resources. So, uh, you know, but, but then also one of the update, one of the upgrades you can get is just a, uh, tunnel borer. Big fucking skis that go on the bottom. Well, so, well, I don't know. Yeah. Different, different things to deal with different types of terrain for sure. That's, that's really fucking cool. All right. Put it to one yeah. click. Last one of these. Mm -hmm. Compressed angel. Wonderful turntable. Is this a world where we've turned angelic beings into LP, like into records? <laughs> you can press them down yeah. into vinyl. Into vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yep. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, is it that or is it, is it, is it, is it like, I like the idea of basing something around vinyl records. Or, or is it just the fact that um, on Earth, the gravitational pull is a lot more. So, angels actually get sort of compressed because they're being um, affected by gravity more than when they're in heaven. Well, or is it something to do with music compression? Is it that the angelic songs, like- have lost all of their power when they're compressed because they've all been converted into MP3. Into, into, yep. into MP3. You can only get the, instead you of can the, only get the power um, from the lossless thing of flack. Well, I think they. <laughs> I, well, maybe that could be part of it, but I think that it, it, for whatever reason, only the analog recordings have replicated any percentage of the like power of these angel songs, and so it's okay, some yep. sort of there's some sort of Indiana Jones esque like trying to find. The recording. Someone recorded Metatron talking to Jesus. Yeah. And obviously no one wants these these recordings to get out there. So it's all about this early analog recording that happened many, many years before, obviously, well, any but other I like recording. This idea has happened. of and I don't know how I can reconcile this, but that the MP3s are out there. Like Anyone can hear it. Yep. They just can't like it's only comprehend or, or something, or it's only those analog recordings that where where the power of it was able to be recorded in any way. In the digital recordings, you just hear like a one sided conversation of Jesus talking to himself, basically. <laughs> <laughs> 
but in the analog recordings, you hear the other side of the you conversation. You can hear the other side. Okay, yeah. yeah I love it. And then, this, <laughs> and then it just becomes Uncharted, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so rather than it being vinyl, I'm, I'm just trying to imagine what this, um, what this recording looks like. Is it like a- one of those old- Like a wax like, cylinder. Wax cylinders sort of things. Or Maybe is it's it one like, of those- Was this a situation where- Because I think this has happened where it was accidentally recorded by nature in some way, right? Like, it was this strange situation where the circumstances were just right that the, the like, the air, the, you know, the sound in the airwaves moved the thing that it, that it like engraved something into something. And when you play it back in the right way, you can hear it. I don't know. Something like that. Okay. I like the fact that it's a seashell that if you put your ear oh, up to it, okay. you actually hear like, um, everything. So it's basically this shell that has been passed down from like generation to generation. And for some reason, um, this guy decides to, you know, put the microphone up to it and, and record it. Right. <laughs> and make the MP3s. And now it's become like the hot property that, that people actually um, believe that- That this, this is um, actually the voice of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And therefore, they want to hear the other, other side of the conversation because that obviously didn't get translated into the, into the compressed <laughs> it format. It just comes across- You can hear that they hear that he's talking to someone else, but it sounds like Charlie Brown's teacher- <laughs> and for some reason Jesus is t- is talking in perfect English like modern day English uh yeah I mean of course why wouldn't he he's like a white Aryan god isn't he <laughs> yeah if you, if the white yeah. supremacist church would have anything to do with it all right I think let's move on to the last thing okay <laughs> on that note because Let's get into stuff we that isn't funny. Uh, all right, I, I'm going to throw in a click picture into Discord. A final one for the evening. Three, two, one. Here it comes. <laughs> Santa hung himself. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> or is he floating? Well, is that how he doesn't no. leave any any this footprints? This is very specific. There's a chair on its side, and you can see beams. Oh yeah. Uh, That's too dark. Three to one, enter. <laughs> but it's funny. I mean, it's funny. Their reaction was funny. <laughs> we'll see. If we you keep it. it. I'll keep it in. We'll see if we keep it. In. All right. Okay. That's fucked up, man. Yeah. God damn you. That's too dark. Come like on. we like dark Come stuff, on, but that's too dark. Getty images. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I guess so. We'll see where we go. Out of focus, in the background, pregnant belly of a woman, uh, naked except for underwear. Naked. Uh, yeah. Just really just the belly and, and a little bit of the legs. In focus, in the foreground, her hand holding a pistol pointed directly at the camera. Yeah. Finger on the tri- on the trigger, like yeah. ready yeah. to blow us away. Okay, this is so like a, a Bonnie and Clyde sort of thing where- Bonnie is is pregnant. Mm-hmm. They're on the run, and she's trying to get a doctor to like, um, you know, it, what you don't know is that Bonnie is pregnant and heavily pregnant, and she's she's still on the run trying to trying to get right, the doctor to actually. This is treat her. a lesbian criminal couple road trip movie. Bonnie and Claudia. Yep. <laughs> well, whatever the names are. Yeah. Um. Yes, one of them's pregnant. Uh, mm-hmm. and they basically get going on this crime spree and it's, it's, she that, starts going into labor. <laughs> well, and it's that classic style. It's sort of, it's a love story between them, but there, there's the stress of, of what they do. So what's their goal? Like, uh, yeah, are they trying to get somewhere safe to have this baby? Is that it? Trying to get somewhere safe to have the baby, not get caught, have the baby safely and, you know, maybe get across the border. Yeah, I'm just wondering, like, how- Yeah, that's fine. They're trying to- They're trying to- Live happily ever live after. Live happily ever after in Canada or something. Um, they're traveling north. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the- What sort of game is this, though? Like, and I'm sort of- I'm almost picturing this happening over the course of most of the pregnancy. Uh, so, like, in the beginning of it, Bonnie, who's having the baby, is- Is still fairly active and agile. Mm-hmm. But by the end, like- 
you it's more of a you have to protect her because she can't move as fast and <laughs> yeah um yep, obviously yep, yep. we don't want to risk shootouts where like a pregnant woman's going to get killed i think that's a bit much no, 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 so no, i think no. by that by the, you know i don't think she participates in i don't know if it's that sort of action unless maybe you're playing claudia i, I like the idea that um you know she does have a gun but it's not loaded Okay. She's really quite smart in the fact she doesn't bring it out in front of cops, but she uses it to, to get people to, to um, do things that she needs them to do so that they can get out of there quickly instead of her having to well, explain. Well, I'm just trying to picture what the gameplay is as well, right? Like, mm-hmm. are we having them, like, rob fucking general stores and stuff as we, as they travel across the states? Uh, uh, you know, is it, where it's sort of, you know, maybe it's tactics based or it's dialogue based or it's mini games or like how is this a Oregon Trail style thing where you're sort of having to manage your I'm just wondering if this is if this is post COVID-19 where everything's sort of gone to shit okay. and basically everyone's out for themselves. And so them out there, like literally um, capitalism has has collapsed out there mm-hmm. and everyone's obviously out for, out for themselves. So, therefore, general stores are actually not being run or anything like that. You've got to go in and loot okay, them. Okay, so you can loot. You've basically, got roving bands of MAGA idiots. <laughs> um, basically, you know, it's gone to martial law sort of thing where you've got, you know, um, groups out there with, like, I don't know, I'm picturing that uh, this is a few years after COVID-19, so all the bullets have actually run out. <laughs> wow. Okay, and, yeah. Um, yeah, because it turns out, like, they decided not to make any more because they weren't going to make any money out of it. And obviously, all the people who who want guns, are, they want to get rich as well. And when people aren't spending money on guns because there's no money anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I think she's got, like, one of the last guns out there that has bullets, but she doesn't actually have them. Um, you don't want to use them. Like they're, they're not loaded. So, she uses it, basically, no one actually knows what a gun is anymore, sort of thing. Oh, God. I mean, it's got how many years past COVID? You said a few years. <laughs> it's like centuries by this point, if nobody knows what a gun is. Generations, at least. My boomstick. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think I like the idea of it being post, post-COVID, post-capitalism in that way, where, like, the, there is still some semblance of government, but there's no current president, and, like, they're scrambling because, like- Half half the administration died from the the plague, basically, mm-hmm. um, and they fucked it up so badly that, like, yeah, basically the entire country got infected, and it, the virus has mutated, and now you're having to worry about social the distancing. <laughs> no, I don't think it's zombies. <laughs> I think it's just no, but fucking idiots. <laughs> the Walking Dead. They're, they're just Grateful Dead, um, like, fans <laughs> who are walking. Okay. They're still following the, the like, they're still tour, tour, tour <laughs> path or something. Um, yeah, I think, I don't know. I think this, I, I guess I'm just wondering what the moment-to-moment gameplay is. Are you, you're traveling from place to place. You can do some looting, but, like, what happens when you come across people? What are you- um, like, how are you progressing as such, other than moving towards your goal geographically? Um, I, I think the whole thing is sort of more around stealth, that eff- effectively you're trying to get there without being noticed. That way you, you're sort of not having to worry too much about people fighting you and all that sort of stuff. But it, you get to certain moments where, you know, you you know that you need to find a doctor. You found a doctor, but he won't help you. Because, you know, he believes that you're infected with, you know, the plague or whatever yeah. it is. And so, um, your whole idea is, you know, to try and break in, make him actually kind of help you. <laughs> so, I just had a thought. Mm-hmm. I kind of I like the idea of this being um, very uh, tonally like idiocracy. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I love that. Where, like, everybody who's left- like, there's so many, you know, basically a satirical take on America and how they dealt with COVID. And there's still these fucking idiots out there not wearing masks because they think it's a, it's a, hoax. it's a hoax. And, you know, despite the fact that there's literally just like 
bodies scattered through cities because the infrastructure <laughs> is broken down and people are dying of this thing. Um, yeah, and, like, the people in government are just totally ridiculous and they're all taking malaria, medis- anti-malaria medication that mostly kills, mm-hmm. kill, kill, continues to kill even more of them. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just like idiocracy, this is getting way too close to life, but uh, right now. But, yeah, it could be a fun- She's a love idiocracy, though. Like- it's it's ridiculous how I mean it, it took you know twenty years to to get there but we we made it mission accomplished you got you know effectively a fucking uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if Trump decided on a whim to put a fucking uh, energy drinks onto all the you know into the irrigation and <laughs> like that it God. that would happen Uh anyway all right. This 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 episode went both off the rail. Figur- figuratively and literally uh, from our last game went off the rails. So I think we'll finish it there. Yeah. If you want to find us online, go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. All of our episodes are there. Uh, huge backlog. Hundreds of game designs over the last few years. Check them out. Uh, if you're, You know what? If you're doing a game jam- Choose a random episode. You'll probably find something that inspires you. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Also, go and check out 8bit.net. We are part of the 8-Bit Collective. Others are part of the 8-Bit Collective. They're awesome. We're awesome. Check us all out. 8bit.net. Throw some money at the Patreon. Tons of great shows. Uh, go and go and do it. 8bit.net. Do you like gaming? Do you like podcasts? If you answered yes to both those questions, then the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network is the network for you. Just search for Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook or at AGP Network on Twitter. Unless you don't like Australasia or networks. Yeah. But- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. No, you slowed your roll. Keep, keep going. Uh, we'd like to thank Kuridas for the use of the song Matt Defines off of the album Containment Failure. That's right. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And we're, we're going, going off the rails, rails on, on a crazy, crazy train. train.